0: Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for matchsticks and gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark, Maddie, Michael, Gordy. This afternoon, talking Flames hockey, a little bit of free agency talk, some draft. It's been a little while since we spoke. Flames were eliminated from the playoffs horribly. Uh, There's been a draft. A couple players have come and gone from Calgary. And uh, Tampa Bay finally legitimately won a Stanley Cup. So let's uh jump right in here and we'll talk um draft um Gordy uh you know we were talking before this all started and crashed that um it's tough to judge a draft because you, especially with the Flames were picking at 19 and then trading down um you know what you get towards the back end of the first round it can be tough to uh judge uh what are your um what are your thoughts on the Flames draft so far
1: Yeah I think Calgary definitely fell out of that top kind of echelon of uh, first round picks in this draft so at 19 i, I think they wanted zary at 19 it sure felt like that so like to get two third rounders just by moving down five spots and getting the guy you wanted like that's that's just really solid gm work and i mean it's those kind of moves that really you know instill fear or uh confidence sorry in in Treleving for me and i i overall i thought it was quite a good draft maddie your thoughts on the flames draft
3: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the maneuvering there uh, was the biggest standout for me. Um, Big fan of that. I also really liked them taking a shot on uh, Poirier. Um, He seems like sort of a wild card, but I think where they picked him is, I don't know. They – It seems pretty low risk um, taking a shot on a guy you think you can develop there. Um, So I liked that one. I wouldn't have been surprised to see him go quite a bit higher. And the fact that they got him, I think, was pretty – might wind up being pretty lucky. Um, But otherwise, yeah, like you said, it's so hard to project these things. It's so early. But general feeling, pretty good.
0: Michael, your thoughts on, uh, Calgary's draft. I mean, I know everybody seems pretty happy with the value of trading back and trading back and picking up more picks because, you know, more bodies never hurts. So, uh, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I thought it was, um, first of all, I thought it was brilliant that he did do the trading back He managed to play all those, um, I think it was five different Metro teams off each other who were all picking after the flames at the start. Like, uh, to kind of get them all scared that their arrival was going to take the guy they wanted. So he managed to trade back and get two thirds. I thought that was like really well done. And then, yeah, like Madison was pulling. I think he's going to end up being actually a really, or he's a really high ceiling. I would say if he can hit it just because he strikes me kind of like a Shillington who's very good at the offensive side and needs a lot of work defensively. But I think I'd almost rather have that than a guy who's good defensively, but not going to, be able to contribute at all at the other end of the ice. So I think it's like kind of a low risk, high reward option there. And then, like you kind of said, the rest of the guys will wait and see. I was doing a review of our top 25, under 25 from way back in 2015. It kind of made me realize like you're basically just throwing a bunch of uh, darts out there. And it's like maybe you'll get lucky and hit on a couple of these late round guys. But um, yeah, overall, I don't have a bunch of complaints about how the draft went as a whole.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that because you I was going through that top 25 you had. I mean you look through it. It's Rasmus Anderson and Mangi were like the, you know, the big standout names so far of that group that you were going through. And it is tough because you look at all these guys and you remember, you know, looking at all those old grainy, you know, rink highlight videos, or you know, writing about them in you know, in 2016 and being like, this guy's gonna be so good. His upside's amazing. And then he's not even playing hockey anymore. He's like selling insurance in the Ukraine, you know? So it is like, it is such a hard, you know, thing to figure out who these guys are. Cause a lot of these kids getting picked later are, you know, you've never seen them before. Hardly anybody's ever seen them before, or they're like 12, you know, they're just children being drafted at the end of the draft. So it makes sense to kind of, you definitely need to wait a little bit. I'm just happy the flames picked Poirier because we had him as our, the 19th pick in the mock draft. And, you know, the Flames got him 53 picks later. So I feel like we were pretty on, you know, we nailed that pick uh, in the SB Nation NHL mock draft. So, um, yeah, I think good for the Flames, you know, grabbing a goalie is always good. Uh, they got a couple big defensemen, you know, um, they went heavy on defense too, because, you know, Calgary is going to need to replace a lot of that defense at some point, And we can get into that in the free agency portion later with TJ Brody leaving, but Mark Giordano not getting any younger. Um, I think the, the verdict is still out on Oliver Shillington and, um, you know, I think what's cool about Poirier, like you mentioned, Michael, is he's already said, you know, he's like he knows the weaknesses in his game already. And I think that's kind of like he came out it was pretty brave just throwing that out there. Where he's like, yeah, I'm not a real good defenseman right now. You know, he's like, I could score. I can move the puck. on much better on offense. But I know I have to need to work on my defense. So, um, you know, it seems like that's a kid that's got his head somewhat, you know, squared on. And we'll review this podcast in five years and see how much of an idiot I sound like for saying that. Um when he's gone somewhere. So um yeah, overall I think uh not a bad draft for the Flames. I guess we all talked about you never know what it's gonna turn into, but you know, I guess good start loading up on D. Um, everybody kind of like the idea of going heavy on defense. Or would you rather see yeah, more definitely. offense come in? Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, let's talk free agency because uh lots of things happened for Calgary in the uh, free agent market. That opened up last Friday and the Flames opened up. Their free agent spending spree with a massive one year, one way, seven hundred thousand dollar deal to Buddy Robinson, um, literally the <laughs> most the most Flames signing of all time. Free agency opens, and the first move you make is sign Johnny Gaudreau's kid buddy, <laughs> literally his kid buddy. Um, but overall, I mean, Calgary brought in um, Jacob Markstrom, which I think was the uh, the big target was a goalie, which. With uh, Cam Talbot leaving, I don't know what that says to David Riddick, but I think the money and terms say, David Riddick, you are now the number two, undisputed. Um, uh, thoughts on Jacob Markstrom coming to Calgary? Michael.
2: Um, I would just go off and say, like, while I didn't think that goaltending was going to be, like, the biggest issue the Flames had to d- address this off season. I thought it was quite smart of them to get a guy going forward who's definitely going to be their number one every night. It's not going to be this discussion every single game before they play anymore about who's going to be the starter oh well like Cal won last game so he should play but Riddick uh Riddick had a shutout before that and oh he lost so he's not starting like I think it's gonna be nice to just have it it's Marstrom's night unless it's a back-to-back pretty much and I thought you know for what it comes down to I think they're getting they're hoping to get three to four years of elite goaltending which uh should really be the claims cup window at this point with guys like the and either leaving or getting older. I think it's, um, I think they're really paying for three to four years of hopefully really good goaltending, which they've never had with this core. And then after that, it might be a little long in the tooth, but overall I'm pretty happy with the deal as long as he holds up for at least three years or so.
0: That's kind of, I look at Markstrom coming here, like when um the Cubs brought in John Lester, it was Lester was older. It was long-term big money. And kind of one of those, like, I looked at it as if they win one World Series while he's there, it's worth the money. And that happened. I think you can look at Markstrom that way. If by the third year or the fourth year of the contract, he's going downhill and it's not good. If for some reason Calgary can win a cup in, like, that first three or four years, I think the deal is, I think the money and the term is absolutely worth it. Maddie, what are your thoughts?
3: I I definitely agree there. Um, And I think sort of go way down the rabbit hole here. Um, yes, the, probably the back half of that contract is going to end up looking a little ugly, especially if we don't see um, the cap ceiling going up significantly over that time. Cause who knows what's going to happen with revenue with the state of the world. But yep. I think ideally if in that time, you know, by the, second half of that contract, uh, Dustin Wolf pans out and he's able to, you know, make the jump to the NHL. If he's still on his ELC, that can kind of help offset some of the costs there with having a a pretty expensive goalie. So um, hopefully that that pans out.
0: Yeah, no, all of those points absolutely make sense. And I think it's definitely a long-term contract, but with short-term in view. Uh, the other big free agent signing, I guess, Calgary brought in was Chris Tanev bringing in a defenseman from uh, Vancouver. It's like the Flames are now the uh, Calgary Canucks. Or the <laughs> It's like last year was let's bring in Edmonton castoffs and this year we'll bring in Vancouver castoffs. Uh, Gordy, what are your thoughts on Chris Tanev coming in on a four year, $18 million deal? Again, a 30 year old guy with a longer contract and big money. But um, you think this is a good signing for the Flames? Is it worth it?
1: I think when I first saw the numbers for that uh, for Tanev, I kind of freaked out a little bit because that was the exact contract they gave to Brower way back when. That, but that I think work I, out <laughs> that was that was a bad contract. Question mark. A, a little bit. I, I mean, he's still on the book, so it must have worked out. He's still on the roster. Um, but I think Tanev's a good signing just because. I mean, look what what he did for Quinn Hughes this year. Like Hughes is no no gem defensively like he's he's kind of like Poirier as he says you know he's good offensively got a lot of stuff to work on so I think with a guy like Valimaki now working his way back into the NHL or possibly even Shillington you know trying to maybe fight for a full-time spot for the first time this year having a solid guy on the right side of one of those two or I guess you could play him with Hannafin but uh, having a solid presence on the right side is just it's a very uplifting thing for young, offensively minded defenseman. I think it's a, I think it's a really good signing for this team. Yeah, and with the Flames bringing in a,
0: a bigger name like Taniv and letting a, you know, a couple other players go, go, excuse me. Maybe this does open up that shot for Shillington to get that full time look, um, you know, or get more looks to see really what he has and what the Flames have in him. And you know, and with Brody taking off, clearly, I think Rasmus Anderson now finally gets to ascend to that spot where he plays with Mark Giordano. And I don't know about you guys, but I think that one-two punch up top is going to be fun to watch play this coming season. Michael, thoughts on that?
2: Well, overall, like I thought Tana, if like, it made sense to sign him, I see why they signed him. I don't really know how well he's going to fit into the lineup though. Like Gordy said, I think he would pair really well with uh, one of those younger defenders. But I think the issue is that when you kind of look at the Flames' defensive score now, like um, – if you take out Brody, you have that spot next to Geo. And then, as good as Anderson could be with Geo, I thought he was really good with Noah Hannafin last year. But at the same time, Noah Hannafin struggled with uh, when he was with Travis Hammack, who played a very similar game to Chris Tanev. So I don't know if it would really make sense to put Tanev with uh, Hannafin. So that kind of opens up one of those like top four spots. Yeah. And I don't know exactly where the Flames go, because 'cause I'd rather see like Valamackey with tan of like Gordy was saying, just kinda of help him develop a bit more. Yep. Yeah. But then we also have all of the wild cards like Shillington or uh, Connor Mackey who the Flames seem really high on. I haven't heard about a ton about him since he was signed, but based on everything that's kind of pointing out like we're out there, it seems like he's gonna at least get a shot to make the team right out of camp next year, so I think it's going to be kind of interesting how they end up playing their pairings as well. Like I I'm, wouldn't be shocked if we see Giordano's ice time drop this yeah. year, just as he gets older, maybe they focus him more on like the power plays and stuff, for example. But um, yeah, overall I think kind of like he'll be all right, but I just have a lot of questions about how they set their lineup going forward.
0: No, and that makes, I, that makes total sense. You can see that being an issue coming in and actually getting Markstrom is probably a huge get. And think looking at that with a completely almost new defensive core um, some untested guys, some some guys coming off eh so so years. So um, you know, Markstrom could be a big help on the defensive end as well. Um, other free agents Calgary brought in. They brought in Louis Domingue as a backup goalie, most likely going to Stockton. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Alex Petrovic on a one year two way deal for seven fifty. He came from Boston, never played with the Bruins. Played in Providence. Um, and then Zach Ronaldo was back, which I kind of like having a little bit of grit in that lineup. Um, I think everybody good with like who the flames brought in. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, Markstrom was the big one. And then after that, it was kind of just filling holes with, uh, bodies. Uh, Maddie, you good with what, uh, Calgary did bringing in at least so far?
3: Yeah. Um, everything else at this point seems like it's just organizational depth and I find it kind of hard to be too fussed about that either way. So I think it's fine.
0: And Gordy, you're good with everybody as well. I mean, for the most part. Especially the buddy Robinson one. I mean that's the, the, the big name
1: one, right? <laughs> I've honestly you could read into it though with all the with all the talk about oh Goodreaux's getting traded this offseason. This is the end of Goodreads. And I mean the first move they make is retaining his buddy. I mean you could probably read into that. Like it's pretty obvious at this point, Goodreads not going anywhere. But that was it was almost like a message right out right out the gate, like this guy's not going anywhere. No, they're gonna trade them both. They're a package deal. They're like
0: the <laughs> Hamiltons. <laughs> So, so, um, now goings for Calgary, I mean, you look at the flames roster, they all look like bigger names because we're all used to them being here. Um, you know, one of the longer tenured flames, TJ Brody's on his way out to Toronto, he's four years and 20 million. Um, I think I'm probably like most flames fans or maybe I'm not, I don't know. Maybe I'm misreading things, but I'm not surprised Brody was gone and I'm kind of okay with it. I think maybe change of scenery for both sides will be, um, beneficial, uh, Gordy
1: thoughts on Brody on his way to Toronto. I feel like I've been one of those guys that's just I've really liked Brody nearly his whole tenure in Calgary. And I think he's way more underrated than he than he gets credit for. But the thing is, is in Calgary, we've seen how he plays when he's away from Giordano. Like he's great when he's on the right side of Mark Giordano's pairing and pretty much on the left side or with anybody else. He just he becomes a different player and with you know with Giordano in the last legs of his career like why why would you sign Brody to a you know a tanf contract when he's when you don't even know what he can be on his own without that guy so i think letting brody walk for a, an asset that you know might fit in better wherever you slot him in like i'm 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 okay with brody leaving
0: anybody else uh, everybody good with tj brody on his way out maybe not like yay he's gone but like i think we all understand where that was going uh Michael? I
2: don't know. I'm kind of sad. I I kind of always liked him just because, like, he's kind of like one of the first guys I kind of followed closely all the way up as I started getting more into following the Flames. But, uh, like Gordy said, I get why he's gone. And, like, and, yeah, I think away from Giordano, he doesn't really add a ton of value. So if Giordano is either going downhill or gone within a couple of years, like, I'm kind of glad we're not stuck with Brody around. And, yeah, that's all I have really there.
0: So looking at uh, some other goings, Cam Talbot, uh, Toby Reeder, and Alan Quine are all gone from Calgary. Um, I think Talbot would have been a nice get if the Flames could have brought him back, but I think his play this year played him straight out of Calgary, and I'm, you know, happy for him three years, 11.5 in Minnesota. You know, uh, Reeder and Quine, uh, Reeder was good in the playoffs. Quine I don't think ever was ever really allowed to get his footing with Calgary, though when he came up he played well. Um, Maddie, those three guys gone um, – any thoughts on that outside of maybe Talbot being a bigger loss than reader and Klein, or if maybe I'm, you know, reading too much into it.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think if they had brought Talbot back, I would have been okay with it. Um, But his thing always seemed to be, he wanted to be the starter on a team. And I mean, that's the reason he didn't sign with Philly went to Calgary and good for him that he's, you know, now able to do that. Um, But I'm not super mourning that loss, but mm-hmm. mostly I'm feeling good for him.
0: Um, and final minor piece lost is uh, Gustafson is gone, as we joked before. Uh, Maddie, the Flyers are getting a former 60-point defenseman on a one-year deal, so good for you guys. you you got an all-star coming your way. Yay. Uh, okay. so, uh, going back to draft now, Calgary lost two players in free agency that were very high draft picks for them that Organizationally, um, kind of had a lot of promise behind them and never really panned out. One got a chance to do it at the NHL level, the other one couldn't fight his way out of the minors, and that's Mark Jankowski and John Gillies. Uh, Janko gone to Pittsburgh one year, $700,000. That's almost a 50% pay cut for him from what he made in Calgary last year. And Gillies is going to St. Louis uh, on a one year two way for $700,000. Gordy, thoughts on uh, Janko and Gillies on their way out? I mean, I know Gillies never really was going to get a shot because after he got injured, his, that hip injury seemed to hamper him and his career just kind of never panned out. Um, Janko, uh, slightly disappointing, I think, on my end for what his numbers were and what he should have been. Your thoughts on Jankowski?
1: I think the worst thing Mark Jankowski ever did in his career was score those four goals in the last game of his rookie year because then he he went from a 13 goal season as a rookie which is kind of like middle of the pack to 17 goals which is you know pushing 20 like it's it's a much higher ceiling and so the regression from that point on looked a lot harsher to just kind of the base you know stats eye. so I mean Jankowski was a fine bottom six guy he definitely got better this year after a horrible start you know I, I mean all best wishes to him I hope he works it out in Pittsburgh and then Gillies is kind of sadder for me he was definitely one of the first prospects that I really latched on to thinking oh this guy is you know gonna make it big he's the next goalie but again like he's got a chance I guess to push for a spot in St. Louis I don't think Huso is for sure, you know, the backup to Bill, Binnington. So, I mean, yeah, best wishes to both of them, but, yeah, know, just never worked out here.
0: Michael, your thoughts on Janko and Gillies?
2: Well, I mean, for Jankowski, I'm glad he finally did end up making it to the NHL, got his shot, but I just don't think this was a year he could come back from, like, even if he had just played, like, the previous season or even the year before that, like, I thought they would have probably brought him back, but just with how the season kind of went for him, I think it was something like 30 games. He wasn't even on the ice for a flamed goal, and then, like, almost 40 games without scoring himself, and then nothing in the playoffs. Like I think of just both sides were ready to split up there, so I'm not too upset about it. And then for Gillies, yeah, same kind of thing. Like, he had his few chances in the NHL, like, late in seasons, and he looked all right, but just wasn't able to get ahead of whoever was next in the system, whether that was Riddick or... Making a case that he could get a shot at the backup ahead of, of someone like a Cam Talbot or even Mike Smith. So just, I don't know. I'm kind of bummed for him, but like he never really got past that average AHL level. I think injuries were part of that, but kind of a bummer, but kind of not surprising either.
0: Yeah, I mean, not to hammer on Jankowski, but you mentioned the 30 games where he wasn't on the ice for a goal. He had a 30 game, 38 game goalless streak this season that started from game one all the way to game 38, and then he had goals in four or seven and things looked like they were picking up then he finished the season with 11 straight with no goals and then nothing in the playoffs as well and it's just one of those guys like i saw both of those guys play in college live and gillies definitely excited me more than jankowski did jankowski always looked like he had all the tools and the big body but it i was always said i wasn't sure if it was effortless or lack of effort i couldn't tell with him um at the college level and I just don't think his game ever, you know, made it and, you know, Jay Feaster clearly the one who's gonna take the hit on, you know, drafting him as everybody hammered him when that pick happened. Um to close it out, Maddie, any do you have any thoughts on these two going or are you just kinda of like, eh, whatever, moving on?
3: Uh mostly whatever. I it'll be interesting, I think, to see what Jankowski's able to do in Pittsburgh. Um he might still end up being useful depth for them. They always seem to have like random dudes playing down in the lineup who can magically score a whole bunch, uh, inexplicably, but yeah, hopefully uh, a change of scenery does, does some good for him. You know, you don't want to wish ill on him.
0: No, absolutely not. And you think a guy like Jankowski too, maybe if he's on a team with different players on his different lines, let's face it, Jankowski wasn't always paired up with the, uh, you know, he wasn't, Paired up with the Rocket Richard player on the ice with him, um, you know, in that bottom six in Calgary. Sometimes when you plan on that fourth line. You have to be the best player. And he just didn't seem like a guy who could carry a bottom line like that. Uh, we asked our readers, you know, do you like what the Flames have done so far this offseason? We had five hundred and sixty four total votes uh, coming in at a whopping sixty five percent with three hundred and sixty four votes is yes, people are happy. Uh, Eighty votes for no. And 120 people are unsure what the Flames have done this offseason between the draft and free agency. So I think I you know I think people are kind of looking up and um, seeing what's happening. I definitely think adding a big name goalie uh, helps that scenario for the Flames. Just hopefully it pans out. Cause if it doesn't pans out, it's gonna get ugly between the fan base and the media. Um before we wrap this up, anybody have any final thoughts on the Flames um offseason? Um no big trades or anything yet. So uh, but I kind of think with um Like Gordy mentioning, you know, with Buddy signing and Calgary bringing in what they brought in, it probably doesn't seem like they're going to make a big move. I can't imagine they would trade Gaudreau or Monaghan after signing Markstrom to a six-year deal. I feel like that's the the linchpin to make this machine go now is we've got a goalie and let's keep this core together and see what we can do. Does that make sense? You guys all just want to throw in a quick answer? Yes. (laughs) Gordy, simple. Yes. Michael. (laughs) Also, yes. Maddie.
3: Uh, Also, yes, but. We got a (laughs) a caveat. I like it. I like caveats. What is it? Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Just that they don't seem to be in a position either where they have the cap space to sort of make trades and help out um, a team like Vegas or Tampa who are uh, in some cap trouble. So I I'm not really anticipating anything for that reason as well.
0: Uh, perfect awesome perfect way to wrap it up all right well thank you all for coming on today and talking flames hockey thank you all out there for listening if you enjoyed this podcast you can find us on itunes spotify iHeartRadio, and google Podcasts. just search matchsticks and gasoline and then phew, we appear out of nowhere for your listening enjoyment gordy maddie michael thank you for joining me this afternoon uh we hope you all enjoyed this podcast and we will catch you next time on the tinderbox